enjoy going out and riding the bike. That's why I was just going out on a Sunday night after dinner, short ride. We failed uh, to make our coaching points and our points more compelling than their fat little girlfriends. Now, their fat little girlfriends have some obvious advantages. I'm a man! I'm 40! And to make presumptions like you all make really, really upsets me. It, it really does. I mean, it's so unfair. You don't need to write about that. There's so many more good things that you can write about happening around here that people would be interested in. I'd love to see somebody do a little bit of research and figure it out. It really do my heart good. Hello and welcome to the Dr. Saturday Podcast Week 12. It is not getting as serious as we hoped. I was really hoping the Iron Bowl this week would be awesome. I was really hoping the Louisville-Houston game would be awesome. Both of them. Duds. Don't care. You know what the most exciting game might be of the weekend? Colorado and Utah? Colora- nope. Colorado-Washington State. Oh, that's right. Sorry. I was, I was skipping ahead a week. Yeah. Colorado-Washington State. You know, it's funny. The, the SID, the Sports Information Director for uh, Colorado... Uh, said that he has received tons, tons and tons of uh, calls and requests asking for free tickets. Never before, because, you know, Colorado's been so bad for so long, has he have these people reached out to him, let alone have they actually been to a game. But now, all of a sudden, they all want free tickets. And, I'm, and I, in my mind, I'm thinking, God, if you had told me the Colorado-Washington State game would have been the premier Pac-12 game of the week... I would have said you are not feeling I just, well. I just want to. I just want to point out that we are living in a world here where it is not that crazy that USC wins the Pac-12 South and could potentially go to the Rose Bowl. Yep, it is because, possible. Because because all that all that has to happen is Colorado has to lose to Washington State, which I think is possible. Mm-hmm. And then Utah beats Colorado, or I'm sorry, then Colorado beats Utah. Mm-hmm. Because Utah would have three losses, USC and Colorado would be tied with two losses atop the Pac-12 South. USC wins the head-to-head tiebreaker. Trojans potentially having a rematch with Washington in the Pac-12 title game. Yes, you know I I'm impressed in all by what Colorado has done. I don't know that Colorado is a. I don't um, think Colorado is a better 10. team than. I don't yeah. think they're a top ten team, which is where they're ranked. I'm not sure they're a top ten team. I think they are. A good team. I think they are a top 25 team. Uh, I think they are in the number 10 spot just because somebody had to be there. Well, somebody had to be there, and that somebody should be West Virginia. Oh. Let's not beat around the bush. It's it's absolutely it was absolutely fascinating to me the justification, and I understand. Let me preface this by this: You haven't seen the rankings. You've been living in a cave. West Virginia is number fourteen at eight and one. They are behind. Let's just go ahead and count them for posterity's sake. One, two, three, four, five, six, six multi-loss teams, including a seven and three USC team, which I think we all agree USC is a top thirteen team right now, right? Based off what they're doing. But I'm just saying. So West Virginia sitting here at eight and one. Behind Wisconsin, Penn State, Oklahoma, Colorado, Oklahoma State, Utah. Oklahoma State beat West Virginia head-to-head. Get that. 
Oklahoma, who plays West Virginia at West Virginia on Saturday, Saturday night. It's probably, that's probably the best game of the weekend, I think. Yeah. And then number number two is Washington, Colorado, Washington State, Colorado. So so you look at this and you say, all right, well, Oklahoma, man, they're really, you know, they deserve to be in the top ten. Why doesn't West Virginia not deserve to be in the top ten? West Virginia, according to the playoff committee, does not deserve to be in the top ten Quote, Kirby Hocutt, West Virginia having only played one game against a current CFP top 25 team, which was a loss for them, Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. And that is what we spent a great deal of time debating, discussing, is the fact that the only that the quality win is not there yet for West Virginia. Okay? Okay. Got that. We now know that's the criteria for the Big 12, apparently, in West Virginia. So, he's immediately asked, what's the difference between them and Oklahoma who's sitting in the top 10, and does not have a top 25 win, just like West Virginia. The criteria for Oklahoma is not the lack of a top 25 win. It is, quote, you know, Oklahoma is a team that has a tremendous offense. (laughs) They've continued to bounce back from two early season losses. They're on a seven-game winning streak. The committee believes Oklahoma is deserving of that nine spot and still looking at West Virginia to get a quality win. What is... In the freaking hell. Hmm. Well, you know, it, this this goes back to preseason rankings. Everybody expected Oklahoma to be awesome. Everybody expected Dana Holgerson to get fired. So, you know, I think Oklahoma is still, it's got name recognition. It's got uh, a Bolitnikoff, a probable Bolitnikoff winning receiver. Uh, maybe even a Heisman, you know, contender. Uh, you have a fun little quarterback in, um, Baker Mayfield, one of our favorites. Uh, you know, they're sellable. They're marketable. You can... It's, the, it's big name bias. Right. Big name Bob bias. Um, big name Bob. <laughs> I think, I think, yeah, they're sellable. Whereas, you know, West Virginia, I don't know. And quite honestly, this debate will all get solved this weekend. It does. Um, it's, and it's... I don't think West Virginia beats Oklahoma at all. Do you know West, West Oklahoma is the only not is the only Big 12 team West Virginia has not beaten? Ever? I mean, in, ever. It, during in, in its, its time as the... During its time in the Big 12. Okay. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, Oklahoma's been really good. You know, they, they haven't been able to capitalize on, like, Texas being down. You know, Oklahoma hasn't had that moment for them. Right. West Virginia hasn't been around that long. So, you know, I'm interested, I, again, we, we talk about wiping the slate clean every week with the committee, and I, and I get that. I just, it's it again, it goes back, and this is a discussion I think we feel like we have every week, is the inconsistent criteria. And so when you look at the inconsistent criteria, I trust, I trust that West Virginia will be in the appropriate spot next week if they beat Oklahoma. I would hope However, so. However, I, I do would, question I my really, ability really to trust so. that. And simply the same in the sense that, you know, you're looking at an Oklahoma team who, yeah, they have a good loss, but you know, so does so does West Virginia, and Oklahoma also has a bad loss to a Houston team that is is not in the top twenty five anymore. So you know, you look at this and you say, well, all right, I think we know that West Virginia is going to be in the top ten, but you know, if West Virginia is only the fourteenth best team in the, in the committee's eyes right now, and even if the Mountaineers finish the season at eleven and one, I I would I'm trying to figure out just what. It would take for the Big 12 to have a team in the college football playoff because it's clear that you're going to need a lot of things to happen ahead. I mean, and I mean a lot, not just a few things. You need a lot. 
Yeah, I definitely think you're right. I, I think a lot of stuff is going to have to happen because the Big 12, I mean, despite where Oklahoma is, uh, I don't think you know, this has been a thing all year. Oklahoma, or excuse me, the Big 12 isn't getting yeah. respect. It's just not. And so, you know, uh, you know Oklahoma's not going to make the top four short of pretty much everybody losing in front of them. And even then, I see many teams jumping in front of them. <laughs> Well, and I also I also think too. I think it's unfair for West Virginia. I think it's unfair for West Virginia to be applied the Baylor bias, and by that I don't mean anything anything sexual assault or brawls related. I mean the non-conference, the non-conference stuff. Because we've seen that Baylor, you know, why were they left out of the college football playoff well, previously? Because they did not have the non-conference schedule. West Virginia. You can't say that about them. This was a team that structured its 2016 schedule to have a competitive non-conference schedule. They played Missouri to open the season. They played BYU. They did everything they were supposed to do. It's not Missouri's fault. It's not BYU's fault that they have not been as good as West Virginia needed them to be. No, it is their fault. To It actually is their fault that they're not as good. Why? Because they're not as good. <laughs> <laughs> you can say it's not West Virginia's fault. Right, that's what I'm saying. It's, but, it's not West Virginia's fault. It's, it's definitely that, Missouri and BYU's fault that they're not that good. <laughs> no, right, no, I'm not. I'm, it is Missouri and, B, and BYU's fault. I'm saying it's not West Virginia's fault that Missouri and BYU aren't good. Because going into the season, you look at that schedule, it's a very good schedule playing the nine Big 12 games and a team in the SEC that people thought could go to a bowl and a BYU team that is going to a bowl, but just not as good as we thought. And instead, you know, it's not happening. Missouri's the only team in the SEC East that's not that's out of contention for right. the division. No, definitely. Uh, the, so. the Big 12 is, you know, it, as we've noted, the Big 12 is a mess. We've been noting that all year. Big 12 has a lot of soul-searching to do this offseason. Um, I don't know if it opens back up the expansion conversation again. I don't know what steps it takes to, you know, make this uh, this um, league conference championship game uh, work. I mean, there's a lot that has, the Big 12 will need to parse through. And I think seeing what is happening to West Virginia is a good place for them to start. I agree, and also too with the Big Twelve, and not to the the risk they are running right now, and you know I think it's easily extrapolated. You can extrapolate it out to this year. So the Big Twelve says we're not going to divisions because I, I mean I understand why they're not, but at the same time divisions probably makes it right. easier because you are looking at right now this year if the Big Twelve had a title game in place, potentially having a the same having bedlam in back to back weeks. <laughs> Because Oklahoma, Oklahoma State could certainly be for the Big 12 title this year, and then oops, that the first game would essentially be meaningless, right. and and then you'd be looking at a second game for all the marbles, and that's that. If that doesn't dilute the conference, what does? Yeah, no, definitely. I I, I think, it, and I think that's everybody's perspective, except for the people who run the Big 12, who want to keep their money and don't want to expand and you know you've got coaches who are don't want Houston in it because they don't want to have to compete uh, recruiting wise I mean there's a lot of like special interests here that are keeping the 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 greater good of the conference down I think right what if you know here's an outside the box idea and I realize it doesn't necessarily work straight up what if the big 12 and what if the big 12 played 
the best independent <laughs> or the best sun the best sun belt team at the end of the year to have a quote unquote thirteenth game for their for their best That's, team. That's uh, the best sun belt team, really. Troy's eight and yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying. Wow. Um, I don't. I still don't. I th- I think that well, would I was, carry I was even for a conference less. I think that would carry even less weight than Baylor's non-conference schedule. Well, I'm just saying, because you, you need to have that 13th right. game, and there's 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 very few conferences they don't have. Well, maybe they just have every Big 12 team schedule Hawaii in their non-conference season, and just there make Hawaii have, independent. And all, and yeah, Hawaii, you're 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 an auxiliary <laughs> member of the Big 12, like Notre Dame is with the ACC. Exactly, make Hawaii independent, make them schedule all their games against the Big 12. Problem solved. Then you have your easy you non-conference game, and you can still. I, I don't think it taints your schedule at all. No, and you get a free trip to Hawaii yeah, sometimes. Score. Every other year you can That's go to Hawaii. That's a score. See, this is a win-win all around. Make it happen, college football. Hawaii becomes independent and becomes the auxiliary member of the Big 12. Mark it down. You know, I'm wondering, do you seriously, do you think people, uh, if someone at the Big 12 didn't suggest adding Hawaii for the 13th game possibility, they weren't doing their jobs. It's an easy 13th game. That's what there are tons of teams uh, that schedule Hawaii to get that extra that extra game because if you travel to Hawaii, for those who don't know, if you travel to Hawaii, you're allowed to have an extra game on your schedule. It's a weird loophole rule thing that has been in place for a while. Um, so you can have your traditional 12 games, but if you go to Hawaii, then you and Hawaii gets a 13th and Hawaii game always too. gets the 13th game. So uh, if you travel to Hawaii, you get a 13th game and sometimes sometimes that could work in your favor sometimes not chances are you're going to get that win over hawaii <laughs> depending on what team you are of course well it depends on if hawaii has benches for that okay, game or not oh god hawaii is it hawaii has been a mess since june jones left and i don't see it getting better any anytime soon i think grolovich is trying his best but that is just there's just no there's very little interest in the program. It just it hasn't it doesn't have the same fervor as it as it did when June was there and Colt Brennan was there and they were winning a bunch of games and throwing for two thousand yards a, a game and it was ridiculous and you know it was fun to watch. What do you think Colt Brennan's doing these days? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Working at Circle K. I'm sure he's coaching. I'm sure he's oh. high school coaching. I'm sure that's probably, probably. now. Now you're gonna make me look it up. See, now I need to look it up. Was that 2006, 2007? Mm, 2006, I believe. Yeah. 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 What is Colt Brennan doing these days? That is a good question. Um, um, I bet you, I I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that he's a high school football coach. You you wanna you wanna take a stab at this? Uh, I'm gonna say. Uh, He's not playing in the CFL anymore, is he? Uh, no. He was playing for something called the the Kiss. What is that? Arena football? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was like, the Los Angeles Kiss. Yes, arena football. But that's not what he's doing now. That was, he uh, he was cut in 2014. Is there anything worse than being cut from arena football? <laughs> um, Damn, you're a record-setting college quarterback uh, being cut from arena football. Did you know... <laughs> That while at Hawaii, Brennan grew dreadlocks to better bond with his wide receivers. I'm just going to leave that there. I'm just going to leave that there. I don't okay. know what he's doing, and apparently you know, nobody else does either. <laughs> so if you do know, drop us an email. You know, drop us a note. Drop us something on Twitter. Let us know. We need to put the APB. Didn't Remember when Pat Forty would do that? Put the APB out for people? Yes. Pat Forty, put the APB think- out for Colt Brennan. We're looking for you, dude. 
We hope you're okay. I hope he's okay. I do. I hope, you know, and, and bring back Hawaii. Maybe maybe he and June Jones are like in a bunker somewhere working on the next great football and plan. And Brennan is growing his dreadlocks again? Please, please yes. let that happen. Please say that's a thing. <sighs> and he learned Samoan to call plays from the line of scrimmage. Hmm. Hmm. Look at that. What you learn on the internet, everybody. This is what you learn on the internet. Oh, all right. <laughs> The internet's a wonderful thing, and it's a it's a blessing and a curse, you know. We'll just we'll it just really say is. So anyway, speaking of speaking of teams in the Mountain West, I, I believe you have a gripe about the Mountain West, um, or about somebody in the know, Mountain West. You know, I don't understand. Okay, so Wyoming loses last week, which basically puts uh, Boise State back, you know, more or less in the driver's seat, more or less. I mean, not really. They still need. Wyoming to lose again, but Wyoming plays San Diego State this week. They're a ten-point underdog. Okay, we'll just so Boise State is all, all guts all the feels now, and everybody feels better about Boise State winning the Mountain West again. And uh, so apparently that was enough, maybe for the committee to leapfrog an undefeated Western Michigan team. I mean, how? Why? Ridiculous. Row the Boat has been awesome this year. They've been great. Now, again, just like this is the same case Boise State used to make back in the BCS days. It can't control who's in its league. It can't control the Correct. teams it plays. And Boise State used to scream that to I haven't the I we are doing our best. We are winning our games and we can't control our league when they were in the WAC. Now, the MAC and Western Michigan is doing the same thing. They can't control the teams they play, you know, but they're winning their their games. So why did they get penalized? They are undefeated. They are one of, what, two undefeated teams in the country right now. They are hosting game day this week because they are one of two undefeated teams this week or this this year. Why are they getting penalized by the committee? Well, and also, too, here's another thing. We talk about West Virginia doing its due diligence. So did Western Michigan in the non-conference schedule. They went out, scheduled two Big 12, Big 10 teams, yeah. I'm sorry, two Big 10 teams, and they scheduled a Georgia Southern team that went a combined 18-7 and seven the previous two mm-hmm. years. They did what they were supposed to do. And I don't think West, Western Michigan was even doing this with the hopes of, you know, the college football playoff. They just went, obviously, they're at a position where they can they go play Big 10 teams and get paid for it. But, you know, they did it. You can't say they went and beat up on a bunch of patsies. Well, okay, sorry, Illinois, you are kind of a patsy. <laughs> but they didn't know um, you were a patsy at the time. Right, exactly. They thought Lovey was going to have right. it turned around. And and so, you know, here, is Western Michigan's schedule really that much worse than Boise State's? Does Washington State really hold that much weight? Mm-hmm. I mean, we know that a, this Washington State team, Washington State is, a, is just like USC. Mm-hmm. They were bad at the beginning of the year, and now they're really right. good. No, definitely that Washington State team. I don't know that you can you can say because it started the season zero and two. It also lost to Eastern Washington, so yep. I I don't know that that's one of those great quality wins. But I mean, like you said, that's probably another another you know feather in Boise State's cap because of what Washington State is doing now. Now here's the here's the kicker: if Washington State loses, um, it, it loses this week. Uh, does that bring Boise State back down to earth? I mean, here's the thing. Western Michigan doesn't have a great opponent this week. Boise doesn't have a great opponent this week. I mean, it's just, 
you know, Boise plays UNLV, which upset. Uh, uh, didn't didn't UNLV upset uh, Wyoming last week? Yeah. Yes, UNLV won 66-59. Yeah, ridiculous and, game. Yeah. In like, yeah, overtime. Or no, 66-63 because they in kicked three field overtimes. Ball. Was it three overtimes? Three overtimes. So, I mean, do you really get brownie points? Is that any better than beating Buffalo than Western Michigan beating Buffalo this week? Uh, I don't know that it is. And then you know when these two teams cross over, I'm not 100 percent sure Boise State's going to beat San Diego State. Whereas I feel pretty that's, confident that Western Michigan can beat Ohio. That's that's the that's the big thing here. Is you look at this and you say, okay, if if Western Michigan, or I'm sorry, Boise State, San Diego State plays Wyoming mm-hmm. this week. So you assume the San Diego State win knocks Wyoming out from controlling its own destiny. Boise State controls its own destiny. So you have a San Diego State team that has beaten the team that beat Boise State. San Diego State and Boise State play in the conference championship game. Not only does Western Michigan now have to worry about Boise State, who's ahead of them, they have to worry about San Diego State because San Diego State was ranked last week. They're or last week. They're not ranked this week. And if Boise State is ahead of Western Michigan right now, why shouldn't? And I'm not arguing for this, but I'm just saying based on the criteria. Why shouldn't a San Diego State team with one loss that has just beaten Boise State in the conference championship game, why shouldn't San Diego State be the team getting the group of five bid in the New Year's Six? Because it's not undefeated. No. I agree <laughs> with I, – I complete – no, no, I'm, compl- I'm in complete agreement with you. I am saying based off of right. the criteria set forth right now by the committee – it's paving the way for a one-loss Mountain West champion to be in ahead of a undefeated Western Michigan. And well, Nets. and yeah, and quite honestly, if if again we're playing this game, San Diego State's win over Boise State is a lot better than Western Michigan's win over maybe Ohio. You know, in their in their conference championship games, it just you know it is. And who knows, San Diego State might be ranked by then. So then it's definitely a much better win. So yeah, I mean it does get. It does get tricky. I mean, they've really been holding those teams down. Remember the glory days where you could see a, a group of five team rise to like 16, 15, 14? Um, you know, why did Houston get so much more clout than, um, you know, why, why did Houston get so much more clout than Boise State? It, you know, yep. stuff like that. It, you know, just why? Because they, they won their bowl game? Well, that was last year. Who cares? You know, I, I mean, and I'm talking preseason polls. So that's why I hate preseason polls. Because look where Houston is now. This Louisville-Houston game was supposed to be this great marquee game that we were all going to be very, very excited to watch. And, well, we're all still going to watch it. Um, it's definitely the, the shine has been taken off of the game quite a bit. Um, just because Houston has struggled. It's struggled more than it has in the Tom Herman era. Um, I don't know. We've talked before about whether that's damaged Tom Herman's credibility or his coaching search you know prospects or anything like that um but it is kind of a debbie downer game this week and you know in louisville and and nobody's gonna feel that more than louisville which is just sitting right at the edge of those college football playoff rankings hoping for just a scrap hoping for somebody to screw up and for them to you know pounce but and and you know and this will be especially good you know for Louisville especially if they can get Houston's game plan ahead of time, then I think it's really going to work out for them. Yep. <laughs> no, I it's it's just all uh, you're you we you know we do we get paid to do this but it's 
it's mentally exhausting. And I'm, I'm we're talking about sports here. This is a little it's far less impressive than the mental gymnastics I think that's going on, um, in things that actually matter in this country. I'll leave it at that. But it's just you think about this, and it's just. It, it's it's mind numbing. It really, I think that's the good term for it. It is but stuff like this is why people hate the committee. People hate the college football playoff and the way that it is uh, that it is structured. In fact, um, you know, ESPN's Brad Evans had a had a story today that called the Iron Bowl the first casualty of the college football playoff. Remember in past years how much clout that game carried and how excited everybody was for that game. Regardless, now usually there was there was something on the line, but. Kind of regardless, uh, the the committee kind of set itself up that even if Alabama loses this game, it's still going to be in the top four. So, you know, it's kind of like, meh, all right, cool. Iron Bowl, huh? It's why, it's, why, it's why I think, you know, I think the argument for is the argument for Alabama resting its starters is, is not happening, right. but I think it's a valid right. one because, you know, you look, you don't, who cares about the yeah, Iron Bowl? Fans care about it, I think, a little more than the players do. But you go, you rest your starters for Auburn, get healthy for the SEC championship mm-hmm. game, go destroy whoever it is from the SEC oh, East. Florida. And a, a you're broken good. Florida yeah, team. A, a broken, right, a Florida team or whoever, Tennessee, yeah. if Florida loses, you know, it's it's a disaster there in the East. But then you look at it too, and LSU, sorry, LSU, Auburn, Alabama, no. Alabama. We'll have basically two off weeks because I think they're gonna they'll cruise this week, you know, here and their their annual non-conference tune-up before the Iron right. Bowl, and then you potentially take the Iron Bowl easy. But again, this is not happening. We're just talking about a hypothetical that I think in this college football playoff climate can easily happen, and Alabama would not. Right, be it's definitely the case. Like I said, the the committee set itself up. Whereas if Alabama loses, even if Alabama loses, even with the JT Barrett talk this week where JT Barrett is saying, look, if we don't play for the Big Ten title, we still should be in the playoff. Okay, well, that's one less chance to lose. True. And so they'll still only have one loss. Even if they, wait, wait, hold on. Yes, right? I'm trying, wait, I got to do the mental math, right? So if they beat Michigan, then, and Penn State wins all the rest of its games, Penn State goes. Okay. So yeah, so they'll still only have one loss. So, I mean, with the criteria that's already been put forth, that you're rewarding these one-loss teams up here, and Alabama, if Alabama were to lose to whomever, Tennessee, Florida, whomever, in the SEC title game, only one loss. Are you going to keep them out? I mean, it's going to be very, very interesting. I don't envision an Alabama loss. (laughs) I think that's kind of absurd. But I also didn't envision a Clemson loss or a Michigan loss last week. I also think, too, you know, you look at this from – we can easily be saying the same thing about Michigan had Michigan beat Iowa. Yeah. Because, you know. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. And then you're looking at, okay, so we lose to Ohio State. Yeah, but we only have one loss, so can we still get in, you guys? Well, I, you're right. They still get in the playoff, but at the same time, I think you couldn't – I take that back. They couldn't do that because I, I think Ohio State would have won a three-way tie with Penn State. Oh, in the mix. If that all happens. So, but it's still, you know, but still, you're looking at a Michigan team, even if they, they've played 100%, they try to win, they lose to Ohio State, you still have a Michigan team with one loss sitting on the outside that looks pretty damn yep. good. Absolutely. This is, you know, it's not easy, but again, the the committee, even though it says it starts, this is the problem. And I, I railed on this earlier, like two weeks ago. This is the problem. The committee starts 
from scratch every week and it's so different from what we're used to. It's so different from how we've all been conditioned to think of these rankings, which is why so many people complain about the AP poll and the coaches poll because those rankings go, okay, well, this team was ranked here last week, so I got to move them up here and I got to move these guys down. And did it. It's all done with, okay, this is how I, I, I got to fess up to what I did last week and I just got to adjust. The committee just throws everything away. They just crumple up the paper and throw it in the trash and start again. Um, and people right. aren't used to that, and it upsets a lot of people because they don't understand how they just do that, how essentially what you did last week does not matter in in, it, in and of itself. It matters in the grand scheme of your entire schedule. Um, so if you win by, you know, if you're Louisville and you struggle against Duke um, one week, that doesn't really matter because, oh, you had all these other really great games before, and in the grand scope of your schedule, it's okay. You know, that you still won, so it's okay. It's just, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to constantly roll with that um, for people to get on board with that. Even in year three here, people still don't understand the whole concept or, or, or are on board with the whole concept of just, you know what, scrapping it all, scrapping everything, and just starting fresh every week. Right, and it's also, too, it's also another reason why I think um, you, you kind of go with that logic, and I think you have a very good argument for why Washington State is nine spots below USC. Mm-hmm. Because USC, I think, is getting the benefit of the doubt for playing well right now, so is Wa- but Washington's but not. Washington State's USC not. also beat a Washington team that was ranked in the top four, so it's also getting that kind of love, too. Right, no, I, I, and I think Washington State will get that bump if it beats if it beats. Washington in right. two weeks, and what a disappointment that would that would be a wild disappointment for Washington. But here's he, okay. Here's here's something too to finish our to come come full circle here, and, and finish our playoff discussion. Is Washington State ahead of USC if both teams win next this weekend? Um, why? Because because Colorado's got so much clout. Because Colorado is Colorado is number ten. Washington State will have gone on the road and beaten the number two to thirteen. <laughs> it's a long way. It's a long way. I think it would be hard to justify that that kind of jump. I just do. It's yeah. a long See, way. And there's I, a lot of teams in between. I don't disagree, but USC jumped seven spots, and they have they were six and three and seven and three. At what point do you say, okay, maybe this two-loss Washington State team is better than three loss, than just as good as the three-loss USC no, it's team? A, it's a valid argument. And since we scrapped the rankings, since these rankings won't matter next week and we're just re-ranking teams based on an absolutely clean slate, who knows? Because, see, that was me in the mindset of, well, you know, jumping them up from 22 to – it doesn't matter where they are this week. That's the problem. It does not matter. Next week it will not matter where they are this week. This, this – yep. This particular iteration of the college football playoff rankings will be thrown away, and we will start with a blank piece of paper, and you will go, number one, Alabama. And that's where you will start. (laughs) And all the rest of the teams will be on some sort of magnetic board, and people will shuffle them around and move them around. It'll be like the the ranking never happened. These rankings never happened. And so that's, and like I said, that's the part that people have a hard time with. And apparently I have a hard time with it, too, because here I am using the logic of, well, they're 22. It's a long way from 22 to 13. That's normal logic. That ain't college playoff logic. 
That's un- unfortunate. You know what? I, I'm a little disappointed, Nick, that you you didn't you didn't laugh at my Bobby Petrino stealing Houston's game plan joke. There. I was trying to. Ah, <laughs> uh, if you are not familiar with Wednesday's news, uh, Dave Clawson, coach of Wake Forest, is claiming that his game plan was quote unquote breached by somebody in Louisville. I mean, let's let's parse that down. He he's saying Louisville stole his his ideas and his plays and his script. Right, we can use the yeah, S word here. He stole it. Dang it, Bobby Petrino and his staff stole my stuff. It drove off on a motorcycle. <laughs> so, um, this has been an investigation apparently since Friday, um, which makes me wonder. Which which is kind of funny. Because if you look at the way that game unfolded, did anybody see them see Wake Forest up twelve nothing? Did they abruptly change their game plan there to get up twelve nothing? You know, Louisville's the better right, team. That's, right, that's what I'm wondering. Louisville's definitely the better team. Um, better athletes, better skilled, um, higher. Or was it the fourth quarter game plan that Louisville? Right. <laughs> or was it, and they were like, "Oh, here we go." I mean, I think in the fourth quarter, Louisville just said, "Well, let's just or let's get did, away." Did Louisville remember? Did Louisville remember in the fourth quarter that it stole Wake Forest's game plan? Did it steal Wake Forest's game plan? Forget about it for three quarters, and then go, "Oh crap, we better." Use I think this. what happened is they stole Wake Forest's game plan. They tried to use it. Wake Forest ran something else. They didn't adjust until the fourth quarter, and then they did. The end, or they didn't adjust till the third quarter when they put up ten points, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or seven points, whatever. I don't know what the line score is. At some point, they were going into the fourth quarter at twelve to ten, and then they scored thirty-four, and then Louisville, Louisville ended up winning the game forty-four to twelve. So I don't know. Um, Bobby Petrino put out a statement today saying uh, that he had no knowledge of the situation. "Quote unquote," I have no knowledge of the situation, and then went on to talk about how his team is looking forward to just finishing the 2016 season. Um, but never, never at any point did he actually um, deny that. You know, deny the stuff. I bet you. I bet you somebody will go back. Somebody will go back to his quotes prior to him fessing up about the the whole stuff that that happened in Arkansas. And we'll parse those quotes out and see how they line up with what he said in the I have no knowledge of the situation. It's probably true. He probably didn't have any knowledge of the situation. Because, you know, you need that uh, deniability. Plausible That's deniability. right. You need the deniability if somebody on your staff goes rogue. Even if it's at your behest. Even if you said, boy... Guys, it would be so awesome if we had Wake Forest game plan. But hey, let's keep doing this thing. Let's and if there's and honestly, if there's anybody who in this country who's a college football coach that knows about plausible deniability, it's Bobby. <laughs> That's right. That is that is very very true. So we'll we'll see how that unfolds. But Dave Clawson was hot, and as well he should be. I mean, but you know what? Play better in the fourth quarter. Play better. Right, that's the thing. Wake Forest, you had a you had a very good shot. Not only, not necessarily to, to score the upset, it would have been great, but it, you just make it, make it close. The day was know? meant just, for you, oh. Wake Forest. Everybody else got an yeah. upset. What happened with you? It was it was there. The day the day's momentum was already shifting in your favor. Wake Forest pulled a pit. <laughs> it was already shifting in your favor, um, and you failed to capitalize. 
So I'm sorry. I just I, if your game plan got stolen, yeah, that's a bummer, and the offenders should be punished. However, that works out. But um, play better. Play. You know what? Too also, I think I would start if I was a college football coach. I would start having fake game plans. Well, yeah, like having like like how baseball has fake signs. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. No, I'm with you on that one. So you just have like I would fake be like, game. I think you just have a safe. Lock them up. Right. You know. Hey, I'm I'm running the triple option this week. You know? <laughs> <laughs> do like a really pass heavy team saying yeah you know what they'll never suspect this coming we're gonna do the triple option no. we're, we're doing totally we're do taking it. navy's game plan making it our own doing it all right let's do some picks want me to go first or you got something amazing you get to, you get to i went first last week you have to go first okay this week. i think i think I've, I've got a couple that are swirling i like I, you know i like oklahoma minus two and a half against west virginia Northwestern minus one against Minnesota. But the one I think I like the most is New Mexico plus four and a half against Colorado State. New Mexico is sneaky good. I, I know I've said this on the podcast before. New Mexico is better than you think it is. It, it, it's definitely better than you think it is. It does not get any respect, New Mexico. But that, that, that's my pick this week is New Mexico. I think that the, the surprising line of the week is Baylor being a two-point home dog to Kansas State. I don't know. Kansas State's pretty good. Baylor without its quarterback. Eh. Right. That here's the thing. You've got a Baylor team that I think if they lose this week, I think you can call it free false. <laughs> and does that mean Jim Grove's not getting the job? Oh my gosh, no. <laughs> uh, I no. just saw a report show up a little bit ago about Les Miles being uh, a finalist for that job. But I think think a lot of us figured Les Miles. Of course. Would, would, God, would be could a finalist you? There. Could you? It's just so okay. I'll just, I'll just, I'll keep that to myself. Anyway. <laughs> I think, you know what I like? Hmm. Memphis minus seven and a half at a Cincinnati team oh, that. Talk about free fall. Just, yeah, exactly. Hey, you know, I, Nick, I'm get a job. Falling. Yes. Get a job. Get a Go job. To <laughs> Go to hell. I also think I like um, Iowa minus 10 at Illinois. Hmm. Not that Iowa's a great team by any means. But Illinois but, is so bad. They're worse than you think they are. They're another team that's, you know, there's teams that are better than you think they are. Like I said, New Mexico, Illinois is worse than you think it is. It is. Yep. It's far worse yep. than you think it is. And and if you and if you want the um the lowest under over under of the weekend, and I don't even even think it's close. Thirty nine. No, I'm sorry. I take that back. It is the second lowest under of the weekend. Floor. It's thirty nine in Florida LSU. That tells you just a, just exactly how much offense people think will be scored. Only, only surpassed by a battle of titans. Connecticut and Boston oh, College. God, that's just ugly. Thirty-seven is the over under. Is there a trophy involved though? <sighs> this is the <laughs> the BC Con. Yeah, you're. It's a good try. It's the boss. The boss. The boss Con. con. Oh, all right. The boss. The boss Con. con. We're that call sounds it the like boss a. Con. Like a terrible band from the 90s, the Mighty Mighty Boss Con. Yeah, the Mighty Mighty Boss Con. <laughs> so I think we'll start the Boss Con hashtag. That's Saturday. right. We'll but can it. we, can we, I, I want to spend the rest of the day with my wakey leaks. 
hashtag. That is Wakey Leaks in the box. The Wakey Leaks hashtag, which is in regard to Bobby Petrino stealing Wake Forest's game plan, is is the best. I think Wakey Leaks. Bobby Petrino as Julian Assange. Somebody won the day on the Wakey Leaks. Somebody won that day. All right. All right. That's going to do it for us here on the Dr. Saturday Podcast. Thanks for joining us. And you can always find us on iTunes by searching Dr. Saturday. Thank you.